What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast, where we just keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our first live interview podcast. So I'm excited. Um, I know a lot of y'all probably are like, Who, who's going to be the interviewer? So don't worry about it. You're going to find out right now. Actually, I'm not even going to hold y'all any longer. Let's go ahead and just introduce him. Actually, you tell us about yourself. Oh, well, dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm You're excited. Welcome. So my name's Karel Andrews. For those of you that don't know me, probably don't know me. Um, a little bit about myself. I don't know. You got to ask questions. I mean. <laughs> it's just a tell us about yourself. I mean, oh. it's like a little bio. Like, what would you put in your like Instagram bio? I actually just have a smiley face there right now. Um, I know. I saw. Yeah. So I actually think, think I saw nothing. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's the revamping for me. But um, yeah, so a little bit about me. I mean, I'm a leader. I'm a speaker. I sing Mm -hmm. music, arts. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love Jesus too. You know, I love God. Um, Pretty blunt. Yes. I love people. Yeah. That's important. That is very important. important. Yeah. And I like to dress. I think that's enough. (laughs) I think that's enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's solid. You know, they could decide if they want to be friends with you or not. Let me stop. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's facts, though. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, that's just how I see it. I feel like you can tell somebody about yourself and they'll be like, well, you're not the one for me, you know. I agree. People have the right to choose. Decide wisely. Right. (laughs) Okay, so you said art and stuff. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, So, art, art, art. Art means a lot of things, but I think at the very baseline, art is just um, a form of expression, mm-hmm. you know, and for those of us that are artists, I think of, depending on what kind of artist you are, I mean, you can be a musician, you can be right. a writer, uh, you can be a painter, you know, but for right. me, artistry kind of falls in the vein of singing, playing the piano, um, and I think also writing. I find that I am a writer. Okay. One of my friends, he's, he always texts me. He's like, bro, these long responses. You're such an author. And I, I think it's just the philosophical side of me. I, mm. I'm very artistic in that right. So I, cool. I would say that mainly, I mean, I, fo- I sing and stuff, but I, I'm finding that my artistry is just like wider than I thought it was. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you take that time to figure out who you are and like work on yourself and Talk about really it. be alone, you find out that you're more talented than you think you are. Oh, or which, like you know, it. you have more capability and yeah, it's just, yeah, that, that was me. I think what in 2000, 2018. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like figuring out myself. I had just moved back to Orlando and mm. it was, it was, it was nice. I loved yeah. it. Honestly, I really loved it. Um, so I know you went to school, like you said, you went to school for arts and stuff like that, but what were you supposed to be teaching? Were you going to be performing? What were you going to be doing? You know, <laughs> cha, I think we all have this idea when we go into college of what we're going to be. Okay. And I think for me, like coming out of high school, I was, I've always been, um, kind of focused on my vision for my life. Like mm-hmm. I've always had a, a good sense of who I'm going to be, right? Gotcha. What I'm going to do. And um, initially, I think when I first went to college, um, SEU, I shout y'all out just a little bit. <laughs> Expensive, but y'all nice. Um, but yeah, when I went in there, I'm like, I want to do music. You know, I want to teach. Um, I had no like teaching experience like mm-hmm. most of my friends. Yeah, grew up in cores and stuff like that. But when I got to high school, I realized I'm like, I'm a teacher. Uh, I have a gift for that. Yeah. And so went went to college. I changed my major like four times within music. What were they? Oh, okay. So I came in as a double major because I'm extra. <laughs> Everything about me is extra, okay? Uh, take it or leave it. I'm just an extra person <laughs> and I'm okay with that. But when I start, I'm like, I'm going to be a double major. I'm coming out. You know, everybody going to know I got two degrees, right. you know. That was me. Fir- Right. I'm yeah, like, I, I'm the first one. After the one. first semester, it was enough. <clears throat> Listen, <laughs> I felt like that. I felt like that oftentimes. I don't know if I did something, but. I think you're good. Let me see. Okay. No, you're good. We're good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that oftentimes. I'm like, I probably shouldn't do this. But <laughs> when I got to school, um, originally my major was uh, music business and music education. So okay. my whole idea was. I want to be a music teacher, but I also want to be a music artist. You know, mm, okay. so I'm a, I'm a singer songwriter. I, I want to be able to perform. I want to be able to engage with people 
um, on that level, but yeah. I also want to be able to teach people. Makes sense. Um, yeah. And I knew I wanted to teach a certain type of artistry level. Like I didn't want to teach little kids. I, I don't really want to teach you if you're not talented either. I just I understood that about me. So I want to kind of refine what is already there. <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> right. I'm like, I, I was like I, I'm nah, honest. I'm too honest. So I'm like, kids. no, baby, you yeah. ain't supposed to. This is a hobby, not a calling. Well, you know, those little like elementary school concerts. Yeah. Can't I can't do I'm it. Sorry. I'll be like this. For all my elementary school teacher friends, it's nothing against you. It's them kids. Let me stop. Yeah. But it's I, just I you can't pay me enough. And no, no, no shade to no one else. But for me, it, yeah. it was just a no for me. So then from there, I went to um, music business. It was just like I realized I don't need a degree for that. What like, would, like what? So, what would you have done with like in that? So you can, you can. I mean, there's so many things you can do. You can become a producer. Uh, Got it. You okay. can learn the business. I mean, for me, I wanted to be an independent artist. I like the idea of being independent, and yeah. I don't like f- to feel like I'm confined by yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you can learn the music business. You can, you know, learn how to be a better artist i guess per se but i realize i don't need no degree for that so that's true especially with social media these days yeah i mean it's like there's so many platforms setting people up and i'm like y'all out here and y'all don't skip but really they just found another avenue of success Mm so like i'm I'm sorry not to cut you yeah if you i don't know if you saw the bt awards there's this girl who made a song on tiktok and her tiktok went viral and her song was played on the bt awards is that is it the black girl Mm mm-hmm that I mean VT. <laughs> Everybody was black. I mean, yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I love Jesus, but I do cuss a little bit. It, it is what it is. Um, it's real talk. So yeah, right. um <laughs> you got the right one. <laughs> um but yeah, so I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I'm singing it in my head. I'm not gonna sing yeah. it here, but I'm singing it in my head. Yeah. So that's why I because even your sister was like, Oh my god, her song is on the BT words. That's so awesome. I was like, Yeah actually yeah like she didn't have to go through finding a producer or yeah. she just made the song put it on tiktok and boom yeah it went viral now she's now it's playing live on the bt words wow, and i was crazy. like that, that's that's wild right yeah because back back then yeah you're like <laughs> yeah. nowadays you're like one moment one chance from opportunity and success so one post one post one right yeah. yeah yeah so yeah but anywho i changed it music business um to church music because i'm like mm-hmm. i have a call to church and and i want to lead people into worship and things like that and i stayed there with the church music degree but then i'm like i don't want to teach and the reason i didn't want to teach anymore because i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna, be, I'm gonna keep it real like i felt like the tests that they they make you know students go through are in my opinion unnecessary yeah and i'm gonna be honest for me it was a struggle you know, and I, I don't think it was a struggle because I didn't have the um, intellectual bandwidth to pass those tests. I think there was a level of anxiety mm-hmm. that came in and yeah. it almost like it's kind of like pressure. Me. Yeah, yeah. it's like anxiety is a killer, you know. So I would literally go, everything I knew is just like blank, right? And so after like three attempts of trying to pass the uh, first certification, I'm like, this is not going to work for me. I know I'm smart, I know I'm intelligent. Let me just move on. I realized that I don't even need no um, music ed degree to go be a teacher. If I want to go be a teacher right now, I could go do it, you know, mm-hmm. get the certifications and whatnot. But I ended up just making the final decision to keep church music and vocal performance. So, cool. I'm using them in different ways. And it was great. Yeah. It's funny. You said anxiety is a killer. I realized that anxiety is kind of worse than fear, personally, mm. to me, at least do you not think anxiety and, and fear are of the same? I do. I think they definitely, uh, like, I think they stem from the same place. Hmm. But when it comes to, like, what can ultimately stop you, well, I say that because anxiety is, like, immediate. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. for me, it's, like, an immediate, like, hmm. my hands start to get sweaty, my mind is telling me no, no, no. Yes, it is, like, fear, but I feel like... It's the manifestation of fear. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. And so I'm like, I don't know. I think if you can kind of guide your anxiety sometimes, that Mm. can kind of help you overcome a lot of things. But I know what you mean. I went to school as well for music education, and that happened a lot. Yeah. It was, a, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. I think I had more anxiety and fear than I did um, appreciation for my skill. Yeah. And it, it was, it kind of felt like 
why I was here. Like, I, I continuously ask myself, why am I here? Or, like, what is to come of this? Yeah. You know, even though I knew what I was going to do or where I was going, I didn't end up teaching either. Right. I went for music education. But, um, like, again, I shout out, shout out to my teacher friends. <laughs> y'all get all my respect and love. But, bless uh, y'all. Bless but y'all. <laughs> bless y'all. <laughs> Hope y'all get but, my money, too, because y'all need facts, it. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Um, yeah, teaching is exhausting. Uh, teaching is, I think teaching is a lifestyle I yeah. wasn't ready to commit to. Yeah. And um, that's why I give my teacher friends so much props because it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, but the school you went to, what was that experience like? What was it called again? The um, SCU stands SCU. for Southeastern University. Okay. Um, so it's based in Lakeland, Florida, um, small private Christian university. What was my experience like? Honestly, <laughs> SCU. <laughs> It was cute. And, <laughs> you know, it was cute. I'm going to be honest with you. Before I, I answer that question, yeah. I, I really wish, if I could do it over, I do think that I went to SU for a purpose. And I think that I wouldn't become, I wouldn't have become the person I am today if I didn't go there. Right. However, comma, I, I really wish I would have, um, you know, kept my options open. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really wish I would have went to HBCU. Like, was that like your first option for school or? Yeah. Like I didn't even try to apply for anything else. Like originally mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go to FSU, but that was only because I knew someone and I, and I really didn't want to, you know, yeah, go nose. But for me, I'm like, I, after I got to SCU, mm-hmm. I really realized that there was a lack of my heritage and my culture. Mm-hmm. And just as, as a black man, I'm like, representation matters yeah, you know i went to sure. a white performing arts high school you know full of you know right. primarily caucasian people you know and so and i love i love caucasian people i love all people but i realized that there was a level of like fear like you're talking about anxiety but that deep fear mm-hmm. was because of a lack of representation so mm, i always felt like yeah, yeah i always felt because when you see a thing then you believe that you can do it facts right that looks like you so for me my experience at southeastern it was great in the respect that I guess it kind of taught me to not depend on like just the common baseline of we're Christians and if you go to a Christian school, your relationship with God is going to be consistent. Right. That's a lie. Um, so, <laughs> so reality is going to hit you yeah. and you're going to have to learn God and you're going to have to even challenge a lot of things that you thought you believed. Mm. And that was, um, especially, um, I think critical for me. Um, and also I think that Southeastern was so great because the network is insane. Okay. But I have to be honest with you. I didn't really take advantage of connecting with people because here I am double major double minor mm. I'm minor too yeah like oh. I, I minor i mean everybody that goes That's to tough. su that you 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 get a minor in theology right practical theology like baseline and then i took on um audio technology uh, minor you okay. know i'm like i want to be like well verse and it was for the accolades i ain't gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> I but, but I want my, I but do you my, think I you placed those accolades on yourself or do you think that was like society putting those accolades on you being that you were a minority in this school uh, i don't think that it was for me personally i don't think no one put it on me i think it was me and i don't okay. think it was something i put on myself i think it was it was a, a genuine desire mm-hmm. i think i had the capacity for it I understand and so um i've always been one to want to like achieve greater mm-hmm. right and so i've always known that god has given me this sense of like capacity to do more and so i think for me in my vision at that time i'm like this makes sense like right. i should i Be should go ahead this. and do this yeah. you know and so i think su for me it taught me um, uh, versatility in a different way right it expanded my mind it taught me how to be a critical thinker mm. um and it taught me how to uh i think fight for something that was never seen so representation so i found myself having to be a representation for the minorities you mm-hmm. know and even though within my sphere and it wasn't really big but the impact that i saw were just you know different colleagues or people that were connect. Right. when they see me walking down i proud are like hey what's up Corel? <laughs> like and i in my head i'm like back up like right. you know because i'm just like it's not that serious but then i would think about it i'm like you yeah, matter serious, yeah you know, you, they, they look up to you. And when you're a leader, you have to realize that there is a level of attraction that comes to you, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that SU was a um, it was a, a drawing board for me. 
Um, but there was a lot of like, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of disadvantages to say that there was like bias, right? Mm-hmm. And so not just bias and like uh, talking about being prejudiced or black and white, but just even within the constitution of like church, religion, the, you know, yeah. Christian school, you know, and so there's their picks, you know, and so I won't get too deep into that, but I would say that overall, if I could do it over again, I don't know if I would go to SCU. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and and it's not no shade to SCU. I think they are creating some amazing people, and I think that their uh, institution serves a great pur- purpose. However, I realize now that I know what I know about myself mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. I wonder how much more, you know, full of substance I would be. How much more will I not sleep on myself? Mm-hmm. Had I gone to a place where people not just saw my gifts, but they saw my potential at a greater level than me. Mm-hmm. And they would have been begin to like uh, cultivate that and not let me kind of like sit in the shadows. So do you think, do you think they, even though you were from, my, well, okay. So do you think that you could, you couldn't shine as much there? Yeah. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, like, so I think I think yes and no. Okay. I think I think yes because your light is going to shine regardless. Right. Right? If you are bright and you have influence, you're going to shine. But I say no was because when you're fighting or coming up against like things that are kind of preset and kind of outside of your control. Okay. There's only so much opportunity you are given, I understand, right? Yeah. And so for me, I think I was battling, I think, two type of experiences. I was battling the, ex- the white experience from the music education world, the mm-hmm. College of Music, right? Um, it wasn't a lot of black people in there. No. And there's not a lot of black people just in the music education or classical music, musical realm on our end, at least, True. you know? Yeah. yeah, I went to FSU and there was only what, my, the years I was there, there was only about seven black people within the College of Music within my three years that I was there. Right. And then like maybe one or two came from the graduate program, but we didn't see them on a daily basis. Right. So I'm dealing with that. And then on the the flip side of the spectrum, I'm also dealing with, I'm a black worship leader. I'm at a school with predominantly white Mm. culture. Right. And so even their cultural experience in church, that was like different. Yeah. Like I learned it. I knew how to move with the wave, but I also felt like there was a part of me that I was denying. And uh, you can't deny what's in your blood. I mean, black is in our blood. And so even how we respond in worship is different. Or I think that I would even feel bad and kind of, no one told me this, but I think subconsciously I would like walk around in false humility because I would see that what a lot of people try to be good at, I was naturally gifted at. Mm. So I can, I I can naturally sing or I I can naturally be something that people try real hard to be mm-hmm. you know but it's not really authentic and so um i think that was where i found like the struggle of not being able to fully shine and i mean we don't want to talk about it but there was a sense of prejudice and yeah and 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 i think uh there's a disadvantage when there's any type of prejudiceness or racism or and racism can like look so different it can be so many different things we yeah. don't realize it because it's a conditioning right and so I think it's also like a spirit of fear, like you talked about, an intimidation. Like mm-hmm. when when a culture is already set, yes, and someone else comes, yeah. and they're like a, um, they're they're different, and 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 there's already a set precedence. There is almost like who are you? Yeah, you know. And so I think for me, I could have been more influential, and I probably could have shined more, but I wasn't willing to be a butt kisser. I'm just not a butt kisser. I'm I not a yes that. man. So I knew that. <clears throat> It was more important for me to keep my head low, to study, to learn myself, yeah. to connect with the people I needed to connect with, to make um, the friendships per se that I need to make in that season, because I knew there was going to come a time for me that I would pioneer and that I would be able to create that culture that I know that I'm called to create and I'm called to lead. Right. So, yeah, that was my experience. Dang, that's crazy. I mean, we had very similar experiences. Yeah. I know for myself <clears throat> in the music college of music at fsu yeah i mean 
same same setup minus the whole um the preaching and and the being mm-hmm. it was a christian school you said yeah yeah i mean it was just a pwi a predominantly white institution uh we were five minutes up the road from famu mm. and being able to experience the famu college of music mm. I, we did like once or twice yeah. through um sai sai <laughs> and so <laughs> clearly it's been a while right. um, and so i saw them and their culture was just like the polar opposite mm. of what sai looked at looked like on our on our campus yeah. and i was like and honestly for a while i felt like i was living a false life talk about it because i was one person when i walked through the college of music but the moment i walked out i felt like myself and then it was like i didn't have like you said representation but i also didn't have support like there yo each individual black person in the college of music you had to support yourself so much that you couldn't even support the others and it was like I'm, I'm fending for myself and honestly i think the like you said the um the prejudice that's already preset yeah it affected me through my conducting years because right. i i'm i'm not even gonna knock y'all i i think i was an amazing conductor like i learned very well i learned very quickly so but i think i allow all the things that I felt from people, the things I felt they were saying, the things I did hear them say, the experiences I was having within those two years or those that year and a half, yeah. I think I allowed it to allow me to really dim my light. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? Like it mm. wasn't, I wasn't willing to put in that extra effort. I was, I just used my natural talent. I didn't try to, to add to it. I didn't try to give it my own little flavor. I didn't try to, I just did what I knew what we, Get me by. exactly yeah. but it was still good enough but then it got to a point where it was like what is all this for you know and yeah. i was like do i why don't i feel like i think i told you before i know we t- talked in the past um about i would tr- i would try out for operas mm. and i wouldn't get the part based on i personally it's like they didn't say it but you knew you knew exactly because i like when ain't people- nobody stupid <laughs> Like I hate when people think that we don't know why we didn't get the part when we've experienced this our entire lives. Like it's not my first rodeo. I've experienced not getting parts in operas because Bro. of my skin or my the pr- presentation of who yeah. I am and all that stuff. So it's like I wasn't. I, it wasn't nothing new to me. It didn't hurt as much because I've already experienced it. But it was just like what a shame because mm-hmm. this could have been a really damn good opera. You're if I was exactly. <laughs> That's how I felt. Yeah. And at that point, I was singing pieces that grad students were singing. <sighs> And in juries, and they were like, can, "Can we talk about that though? <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that for a little bit? Because that was something that was very frustrating. So I was a scholarship student, and crazy thing is, most people like I started, I guess the professional musical or music education career. Yeah, later on, and so when I Same, got to college, yeah. right, I'm like, I'm talented. This came from God. No one taught me yeah. this, right? And I didn't so, even know I could sing until tenth grade. Right, and so I knew I could sing because I grew up in the church. Shout right? out to Dr. But, hey shout out to him um but i knew i could sing in the church i knew i could dance i knew i was artistic but when i got to like college i was like how did y'all get here because (laughs) see what i didn't like is it's it's like this and you talk about the prejudice and you talk about we talked about the disadvantages that we face yes being in the same program i mean this has nothing to two different schools right like this has nothing to do with excuse me like who's smarter than the other person exactly. like it's we not. both got into the degree because we have shown a certain level of uh uh competency right to be able to be here right and right. so it's like and talent to be able to be here and so i found it very in- irritating and interesting when i would have juries or i would <laughs> I be in yeah. these like opera because i was doing like opera scenes and like musical theater stuff yeah. and um I would get more pressure from my professors and they would say things like this, like you need to work harder. And I do believe in work ethic and I do believe in discipline. But the truth of the matter is I don't have to work as hard as my peer classmate because let's just say it, I'm better than them because of my gift. Right. right. And so, and it's not arrogancy. This is self-awareness. It's just facts, yeah. And I felt like you can't deny get, what's, re- you can't you, deny what's re- like facts. Exactly. And if you do, you're delusional. <laughs> 
So <laughs> that's insanity. So, but we didn't really get like our flowers. Like I, we didn't no. get our credit, right? And no. so I would oh my go gosh, in no. and you know, my, my white friends and, I, and I'm going to keep saying this because I love, I love white people. I love all people, but I have a lot of good white friends, yeah, you know, same. Yeah. and I have a lot of great talented white friends. Yeah. Um, but I also have like nice, cool associates that I'm like, we're in the same uh, a career field, yeah. But um, bro, I think you should have went into engineering. So I was like, I'm like, yo, I, 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 you're talented, you know. But I, I really think you might need to consider going to a different career field, you know, a, a field of study, you know, because I used to always say this, and I still believe in this. There's only so much you can teach a gift. Yeah, you know, gifts are from God, and and when it and I do believe that they have to be cultivated. But once they reach a certain point of maturation. There's only so much you can do. And so my yeah. point that I'm going with this is that I would find myself coming to these juries. I ain't going to lie. Like, I practice hard, but I didn't have, I didn't practice as hard as, you know, the other folks. And <laughs> I came in there and I'm like, I'm killing it. And I, I get my A's, you know, or A minuses. And then you Still literally. Still an A. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. and I, and I put, and I specifically say A minus because it's I'm being a little shady now because you give me an A minus because I have a gift I don't have to work as hard as the next mm-hmm. person, and so you're you're almost judging me or measuring my yeah. gift and my execution at the same level, and when it comes to art and just people in general, you yeah. can't judge people the same because we're not necessarily the same, exactly, you know, and so I would have my friends come out, and I'm like. I know that you barely could sing through that passage being in tune the whole time. Right. You came out with an A plus, they praising you. So really what I learned were the politics of college, of being a black college student. It's like, listen, you have to know how to play not checkers, but chess. You have to yes. know how to move around the manipulation. You also have to know their moves before they make them. Exactly. That's, and that's all about chess, right? And yeah. so th- there's this mind, yes. yeah. this mind game of like, I now have to understand that there's some presets that are unavoidable, right? Yeah. And so it's just an inevitable reality for us. And so I'm like, I would even... <laughs> I would even get like kind of in trouble sometimes because I would not just speak up, but I think I lived in such a difference that I'm like, no, I'm not going to work harder than I need to because the reality of it is, is that I'm already, it's like we're in the same race, but the disadvantage is this. You and I are in the same race, but I have weights on me and you don't. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening now is now I may get to the finish line postponed or delayed not because i didn't have the skill set or the gift i mean truth be told it was better than my my you know my partner and i don't think we're in no competition with anybody but yourself but the point that i'm making is like it was so hard in that fact where it was like dang like it's almost like what am i doing this for exactly and so i think what kept me because i heard you say you know it kind of got to a point hey i'm just doing bare minimum to get the paper but like, what's the point? What's exactly. the purpose, right? And so for me, the purpose was, I know that this is purposeful that I cross this finish line because if I don't cross this finish line, I know that there are certain doors that I wouldn't be able to get into. There are right. certain tables that I can't sit at, certain chairs I won't be able to get no matter how anointed or right. called or gifted I am, right? right. If I don't have a certain certification, if I don't have a certain degree, and I don't think this is for everybody, but I knew for my life that education was a call for me. Gotcha. And so I think that ultimately I kind of got to this point where to not have hope deferred and to not like grow dry, Mm -hmm. I resolved with the fact that I can't change these realities, but what I can determine is I'm not going to let this determine who I am. And so I'm just going to keep going. That's facts. But being being you know a minority in a black uh, a black person within the college of music or just mm. music education in general, yeah. what is like something you would change about it? Like, what's one thing you would change about it? I would like that's a see that's a great question. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I would per se change anything in just the m- music education realm. I think just in the sense of education in general. I, okay. I would like table it 
and call for reconstruction because I think, and what I mean by that, I just think there are a lot of things within the um, constitution, I guess, of Mm -hmm. education that needs to be reconsidered because I think that we have a lot of people right now Mm -hmm. that are gifted teachers and they have been blessed with a mind Mm -hmm. that a book can't really make credible, right? Right. And so what I mean by that, I think that having these conversations to make it easier for people to become teachers, um, to make it, um, I'm not going to say more popular because I think the teaching career in itself is a a popular like career choice. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a shift in how we, how we honor teachers. I mean, with pay, like I would like increase people's pay. Right. For sure. Um, I, I think that, Honestly, anybody who's a teacher of any sort, I think that you should be making six figures and up because minimum. minimum. Yeah. Because teachers are um, engaging with world changers that we know not of. Right. That's true. Yeah. And so it's like it's crazy that we place the hierarchy of positions like doctors, lawyers. We need all those things. And Can like, I say something? Sorry yeah. to cut you. It's the fact that you said that. I the year that I graduated Florida mm-hmm. State University yeah. and I did my internship I did not go directly into teaching mm. for two reasons for one I wasn't ready to commit to the lifestyle like I said earlier yeah but at the same time financially I knew that I would have been stressed out financially that I would not have been able to give my students my very best yeah and the thing about me is if I'm going to teach I'm going to give you my absolute best absolutely and because you're not benefiting from not you know passionate, what I'm saying? So it's right. like exactly. So I can give you passion, but I also want to give you the purpose too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so if hmm. like teachers are out here struggling, you can't be mad. I think they also forget that teachers are human and they go through things as well. So Facts. if a teacher is out here with no money, I remember I literally walked in on my internship and one of the teachers that were there were like, "Oh, it was lunchtime." I was like, "Are you going to eat? Are you hungry?" No, I don't have any money. I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Oh, well, we don't get paid until the end of the month." I said, "So you have to wait a whole month." From when school started to get your first paycheck. Couldn't be me. I said, so So they literally had like, I was like, let me just go get you something to eat because this yeah. is ridiculous. You're dealing with all these kids, hundreds of different personalities, different styles mm. of parenting. Then the parents on top of that. Then you have the school, the school board, the principals, and that you haven't, then they forget that you also have your bills to pay outside of this. You have family issues. You may have health issues. There's no consideration. There's no empathy for teachers. Mm. And it's kind of ridiculous because they will empathize with a basketball player before they empathize with the teacher who helped that basketball player get to that point. Yeah. So it's like, I don't There's know. No, it's, it's weird to me. Yeah, I agree. I think not just a lack of em- empathy. I think there's a lack of respect. For sure. Because like, For sure. if I respect you, I can empathize with you, right? Yeah. Like, and I do but think. Then there's, but then there's lack of value. Right. Because I can respect you and not value you at the same time. Right. And so, and so you are true. And I think that, you know, that respect factor and that value factor, they have to go hand in hand. They have yeah. to coincide because if not, you're not going to understand my worth. And I exactly. think, I do think that it is true statistically and even in the experience, we know that teachers don't make enough. But I also feel like, and I know there's, there's not much you can do when you're fighting against laws that are like against right. you but i do think that you set the tone of how people treat you and For i sure. and i feel like that's so true there needs to be a different shift of so how teachers are going about becoming teachers i realized mm-hmm. i had resolved with the fact that i'm a teacher so whether i'm in the classroom or not i'm going to teach and so when i graduated i'm like there are so many different career opportunities i've been through i've doubled my salary over probably three times compared to my friends or even colleagues that have been in the teaching field 10, 20 years. And right. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And <laughs> really, it's the limitations. Yeah. We let society put limits on us and like what you don't know will kill you almost, Absolutely. you know, it'll limit you. And so I think that teachers have to become um, business minded. They have to become oh gosh, yes. educated and because <clears throat> It's not enough for you to just be for you to just be um, knowledgeable about the subject in which you teach. You have to be like that student and you've got to like connect with more people because the reality is this. We live in a society that there's always going to be a disadvantage for some particular group. 
And if you fall in one of those particular groups, you have to make a conscious decision to say, okay, I know my worth. Right. I'm not going to allow a category to marginalize me or right. to like put me at a, a base point when I know that I'm, I'm I know my worth. Now, right. if you don't have worth, then you shouldn't be asking for anything that you can't execute. Right. right. I do agree with that. So, but I, I, what I'm saying in the point I drive and I throw it back to you is that at the end of the day, you determine your worth and um, your value. And so you teach people how to respect you. Right. And I do realize that even in that reality, you're always going to be fighting up against, okay, I know my worth. I know my value. I can execute it. I got the proof to show it. I have the substance, but like I'm fighting against a, a democracy or I'm fighting against, you know, legislations that are right. not really in my favor. Then the question becomes, are you willing, knowing you're valuing your worth, right. are you willing to remain a slave to something that's not going to honor you well? And so with that being said, if I was to answer that, absolutely not. And so I would just pivot. And most people say, I don't want to lose my passion and my call to teach. Create a business. Exactly. Open your own school. Like right. they don't want you to do that because right. they want you to be a slave to them. Like they right. want you to work, work, work for Uncle Sam all your life. You retire, you get a retirement, a 401k, a pension. That ain't going to do nothing for right. you. And now you watch all these people that you have inspired. You right. have um, watered their seeds. They blossom into whatever, right. you know, something amazing more than you. And it's a sad thing when you serve, 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 but you cap off yourself. That's a sad reality. That's and true. so I think that if teachers want to really see a shift in their lives, they need to um, become more marketable, more versatile, mm -hmm. and they need to increase their network, and that will increase their net worth. That's true. Yeah. And I agree with that because I'm reading a book right now that's telling me um, <clears throat> it stated really what you just said hmm. about, you know, you have to realize that if you're a teacher, you're a teacher. Right. You're not just a math teacher. You're not just a a PE coach or whatever. If I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher of life. Yeah. So I can teach anything I put my mind to yeah. versus just, well, I can only teach math because that's what I went to school for. No. no. And like you said, when you, if you're, you don't stay somewhere that they're not going to value you. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I experienced myself mm. when I realized when I no longer felt valued, when I felt like people were just looking at me or not looking at me, but like mainly just, um, kind of shunning me off before they even accept what I can bring to the table. It's like, okay, you don't deserve what I can bring to the table. Mm. So therefore, I'm going to go create my own table mm. and understand that there's now requirements that you may not have to be even to even be at my table. So for me, it was like, okay, I am a teacher, mm. but now I can teach anything. I need to go figure out what that is and go impact some people. That's when I got into Forex. And then I was doing that for a couple of years. And then I'm, that's, you know, that's a whole different topic, but mm. It's it's understanding that you can teach as long as you're willing to, like you said, uh, kind of fill your cup of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Make sure you, you're continuously working on yourself, but yeah. that looks different for everybody. Yeah. But for you, did you have to, did you find that it was like, did you feel like you have to have like some type of faith to go through that experience of college? Like, what did that feel like for you? Like, did you feel like it was important for you to hold on to your faith to go through college or like was absolutely it? i mean because some people they just say well i just you know they just fly by through college i'm like okay c's get degrees but mm -hmm. for for a lot of people college was completely like like life-altering experience yeah yeah i mean we talk about degrees but we don't know the degree of suffer that people have to go through right to get a degree so right. for me faith was extremely important holding on to God's unchanging hand yes. and what he told me about me right? and what I knew was true that I had yet to discover, Got you. you know, in reality for my life, I guess. But it was so critically important for me to hold on to my faith because I knew that um, my vision, I could see it, but it still wasn't a reality yet. Okay. Like it was still invisible. So I'm right. like, it was also pain, painful and excruciating to like journey through something that is not necessarily mapped out or paved out in my favor to where my eyes could see it. Right. Right. And so I think there was a cause for like deep level of substance and faith and discipline. You need faith to be disciplined as well. Facts. Like you, you can't just be disciplined and don't not have faith and you can't just have faith and not have discipline because it's like, you won't get anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it was this 
I knew that I was breaking a generational curse. I was going to be the first to do it. I mean, I'm the first in like my immediate family to graduate. That's awesome. Right. From college. Congratulations. Thank you. But when not one degree, but two degrees. Period. So, and I didn't have, and, and I have a, two. I, right. Period. <laughs> and I have a very present stepfather in my life. My mom was remarried, but I didn't have my biological father in my life. Right. Okay. So back to that representation that mattered. Yes. And so I found myself being my, a student and being a father i had mm. to depend on god as my father but i also had to face the reality that there's nothing like a physical father yeah and a physical father that actually paved a way um to show me direction that i desire to go into i right. knew i wanted to go into some form of higher education i didn't really have that representation around me and so i think it took faith for me to create a representation that wasn't there yet Gotcha. And I knew that God was developing that on the inside of me. And the beautiful thing about it is I think even when you're like in the field mm -hmm. and the field is supposed to be filled with flowers and, and lilies and things like that, really it's a valley, I should say. And it's there's so many thorns around you. Like that's the pain you're walking through. Yeah. Like, ah, that didn't work. Ah, this didn't work. Yeah. Got to keep trying. Ah, I probably should like revamp that and right. kind of like going back to the drawing board. God would always send like, flowers and butterflies and these are these people that come into your life yeah even if it's for a small season where it's like you shifted my paradigm you made me think about something differently yeah. or you believed in me some people just need to feel like somebody believes yeah. in them and so that goes back to that faith thing so faith was super duper important to me it's crazy you said the shifting of your paradigms because <clears throat> as I got older, I started to learn what that was. Yeah. Therefore, I could recollect and realize when those mm -hmm. moments happened for me. Like I even like sidebar, <laughs> maybe a little bit, maybe a little TMI, but I um, actually got expelled from my middle school. Okay. And um, I'm not ashamed of it. I was it, close it, to it, was it a, so <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. Things happen, whatever. But the alternative school I ended up going to, mm. my teacher believed in me so much that she approached me with the opportunity to apply for a magnet program. I didn't even know what a magnet school was at that time. I didn't Same. know I didn't know there was a requirement. I didn't know you had to have such and such. Like I wasn't like the other students, but I did adapt to my uh, environment. Therefore, I grew friends through that environment, but I, I still wasn't like them. And so she I think she recognized that and that she was like you have made you maybe made a mistake or whatever happened happened but you're not supposed to be here these mm. were her exact words and, she, and i will never forget her she's a tall black lady and she was so sweet to me she was my little history teacher oh. and she was like you're, you're not supposed to be here mm. so she said, you, she said you should apply for the magnet program at dr phillips i was like what is that like and this was literally almost like two weeks before school ended and i applied for it i ended up getting i ended up going to dr phillips for the dance magnet mm. so at that time i was dancing since like fifth grade mm -hmm. and then um I graduated, I mean, I left there, I went to Dr. Phillips, I got accepted, but then I um, had to move like a year later, I ended up going to West Orange High School, mm. and at that time, they didn't have a dance program, they didn't have orchestra, because I played the violin, but I was like, what am, What now? There's, I don't have any other skills, mm. and then that's when I got into uh, choir, for mm. the, like one of the first times, like for real, for real, and that's when I found out that I can sing, and I was like, yeah. whoa, I was like, it's crazy how her one decision to say, you don't belong here. You should apply for this. Mm. That Change the trajectory. Change the complete trajectory. And I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Yo, but it, it's that's crazy. It's it was wild, and I would never. The moment I realized that that happened for me, now when I when people talk to me about certain things, I'm like, "No, it's it's happening for you. Trust me." Like, what you're going through, just let it go through. It's the underdog, yeah. You know, and and as you were talking, this kind of came to my mind. I think underdogs. We need to understand that people that are underdogs, and I'm not just talking about victim, yeah. but being an underdog where like you're born into a set of cards that you could not control, right? Right. Underdogs are built and created for greatness, right? Right. But I think that in order for an underdog to be unleashed into their destiny and purpose, they need faith and vision. And so, like you just said, like your tall history teacher. <laughs> That's all believed, I can remember. Right, I can't right, even remember right. her face, She believed but, in you. Yeah. She got you in a door that you otherwise would have never knew about right so if you don't know about something you can't be traveling there exactly right and so i think that underdogs we have so many anointed and appointed underdogs in this world just talented gifted people that they don't even have to try but they're not aware of what's on the inside of them and so when you're not aware 
of the potential that is on the inside of you or where you can True. go what what you're going to do underdogs they just go, they go in circles and they they settle in their vomit right yeah. and it's almost like i didn't know i can get out of here yeah. and so going back to that statement i made early in the conversation representation matters and someone believing in you matters too because even if you don't see nobody that looks like you yeah it's enough that even if i had a mentor in college um he's uh, he, he, i'm not going to say his name but a doctor right mm -hmm. and uh he was a um, not a professor he was one of the deans right and he he helped me shift my perspective because for just for such a long time i didn't realize this but immediately when he would engage with me he could see that i had such a victim mentality like mm -hmm. there was he could tell that there was like a lack of fatherhood like there was and i thought like i was doing it like <laughs> i'm like who are you talking to like i'm bulletproof like. right and and really that it was a wall yeah right you know people call it bulletproof and really these yeah. these walls is pride you're in survival mode and so no one taught you how to thrive right and and so he said some words to me and it literally like we talked about the shifting of paradigms yeah. it literally shifted my perspective and it opened me up to a world of possibility and before before i knew it a, a few encounters with him a few conversations with him um, leap me into a to surpass those yeah. conversations and it pushed me to a point where I'm like wow I never knew right. this was possible for me I just said it out my mouth but I realized to say something out your mouth but not to believe it in your heart is such an oxymoron yeah. and defeats the purpose of you saying what you, w the words you speak like you should believe what you say or don't say that's why like at all. new year's resolutions really don't matter because people be like oh i'm gonna go to the gym all year long or i, I want to do this or i want to do that but they say that one time but they don't actually believe it they just say it because a new year's resolution is a habit yeah you yeah. know and it, it's kind of crazy but um with you going through that and like like i asked you about having to have that that faith to go through the music education program yeah. where exactly did your faith stem from or like where does it stem from i know it could be different today but yeah. even during that time like what did so, it stem from because a lot of people don't really know how to have faith or how to use it yeah yeah, and I, I do think the journey of faith is um, different for everybody. But for, for sure. me, like I told you earlier, uh, I think I mentioned this. Like I grew up in the church, right? Okay. And so my mom is a PK technically. Okay. So church was ingrained in us, but church being ingrained in you is not necessarily faith or having faith in God. But I didn't really like – I was a bad kid. So I right. – that's I knew, right. <laughs> yeah, like I knew I had a calling on my life and stuff, but I was like, I'm not interested in that. I'm, excuse my, excuse my French, I'm bad as hell. Right. I'm going to do me, but I always known like I had some influence. So I've always had this level of faith in myself. I've always been like a bold person. Okay. And so it wasn't until, um, kind of long story short, um, when I actually got the opportunity to go to the Magna program at Dr. Phillips for <laughs> chorus. That oh, yeah? was the game what, changer um, for me. What year, same, what year did you go? I believe 2010, so uh, 2010. I was 2009. Okay. And yeah. I was only there for a year though, so you, I probably wouldn't have saw you. Gotcha. Um, so we, we had just missed each other. Yeah, literally. But, <laughs> <laughs> but look, now right. we're here. Full circle, wow. Full circle moment, powerful. So um, it was a game changer for me because I wasn't supposed to go to the Magnet like you. I right. never heard of a Magnet program. What is that? I was in and out of Juvenile. People don't know this about me. In and out of Juvenile, fighting, starting stuff. I, I just knew the life that I was living. I probably should be in jail right now, but by the grace of God, I'm not. And I'm so thankful for that. True. What was the game changer for me though, was I was dating this girl. I ain't going to say her name, but she was really <laughs> smart. I ain't going to say her name. Yeah. Cause she got like three baby babies right now. I think. Oh, but Lord. anyways, they ain't in my I business. I mean, that's not a bad thing, but no, it's not. But I guess in my mind, she was, she wanted to be a doctor and okay. like to see her now. It's She's, not, is she yeah. not in school at all? Or? No. And it's not to say that if you have kids that you can't be a doctor. No, it's not but it's that. Just, it's who she married. Is she married? She, she ain't married. <laughs> so it's her, it's it's her who, circle. Yeah, yeah, it's who you, it, the decisions yeah. you make yeah. are crucial, right? But that's another topic. The people she chose to hang time. around didn't encourage her enough, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, we need that encouragement. Yeah, we need that encouragement. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so she, she was really smart. And I've always been a smart or an intelligent kid because i do think intelligence and smart are two different things but i've always been an intelligent kid but i just 
was too insubordinate to actually want to listen to a teacher <laughs> okay to do the work yeah so i'm like if i get an f it's because i want you to know it's because i wanted it i wanted it <laughs> i decided to get an f back up at my face um so um yeah we we're dating she's like she, she was the only one that knew how i could sing because at that time the culture i lived in i was kind of like we weren't raising a hood, but I had hood friends. Okay. You know, we were close to it, a little adjacent to the hood. <laughs> um, we, were, we were right there. I used to tell people, I mean, I'm at the end of Civil Star. I'm like, I'm crying. about to cross over into a coin, mm, okay. you know. And so, so it's really, like, I got yeah, you. I got a little mixture in my blood. And so it was like, <laughs> she was like, you can sing, but I didn't want my friends to know because, you know, they were say so you soft. Or, Did you a thug? Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even think, I never like had that mentality like I'm a thug. I just knew, I was me. You gotcha. know, and I'm gonna do me, Which right? Subordinate, got it. Very much so. <laughs> but I always had a good heart, and I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, God's hand was always upon my forehead. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she was like, "You can sing or whatnot." And I think you know, you start to grow and you start to become a, a like uh, a teenager. Yeah. You start smelling yourself. It's just like I want to do what everyone else is doing. That yeah. peer pressure and things like that. And so I knew that. Um, me singing or me dancing because I used to dance too like that is not that's not something that's popping right now and so she's like you can sing and I was actually in the hallway one day at my middle school and there was a chorus teacher there and she's like she I was singing I didn't know I was actually skipping class Um, and I didn't know that she heard me but I'm singing um, and I'm I'm singing like some Trey Song song because everybody I used to be a Trey Songs fan like (laughs) Back in middle school, like I ain't gonna lie, my favorite song was like "Can't Help But Wait." Yeah, it used to be "Let Me See You Say Ah" for me. <laughs> like that was that was my jam. Like, and so anywho, I'm like I'm in the hallway, I'm singing, and this is my eighth grade year. I was probably like two weeks before school is about to end. We're going to the summer, and she's like, "You can sing." I'm like, <laughs> "Like what? Don't sh- shut up, girl! Right? I don't want nobody to know that." please right. hush your mouth and she's like had i known you you would have been in my course program and stuff like that and 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 that was just a, a small little interaction but um to go back to my point the girl i was dating she knew i could sing and so she was like she helped pave a way for the opportunity so mind you i had a 1.9 gpa <laughs> Honestly, I think they passed me just because they wanted me to get out of their school. Nope. <laughs> um, like, because I was, I was, I mean, I was getting suspended okay. almost every week. Um, like, I was borderline to be expelled as well. So I understand that. And so, um, ended up like going to the guidance counselor, and it was like everything was like so last minute for me. But mm. when she presented the opportunity to me, it was like this faith, yeah, kind of unlocked. And I'm like, hmm. And I start to tap into that potential and it's invisible, right? You yeah. don't really talk about it. And went to the guidance counselor and she's like, yeah, it's a program, but I don't know if you'll qualify. And I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. And I, and this is was a faith yeah. in the God in yeah. me came out. Don't worry about that. That yeah. confidence. I've always just had this sense of like resilience. Like yeah. if I want to put, if I want to do it, I can do it. That's crazy. If I really put my mind to it. I'm going to do it real quick. Apply for the program. My mom didn't even know about it. My sister at the time was the only one that had, I guess, professional choral music experience, right? Mm-hmm. So she had been in chorus through middle school and high school, per se, and I had it. So went to her, and I'm like, hey, teach me a song. She taught, taught me a song. Do you remember the song? It was Elijah Rock. Oh, my gosh. Shout, oh, shout. E- is that one no which one Elijah Rock shout shout that's the same song oh okay see I didn't know that no okay so she (laughs) she taught you the the, the chorus part of the song okay yeah but it starts like oh Elijah just, well, we thank I, I God for the prophet Elijah that. because that song, the song fire. helped me get into the program. And it's also spiritual. I mean, you probably killed that. Yeah. Sheesh. I mean, especially uh, no, well, back then, probably not because my voice is so young, but now nah, I'll probably kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I can kill it now. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so I got into that program and that shifted, that shifted everything for me. Like yeah. I realized that I was born for an opportunity. Mm. I was born for such a time as this. And I didn't have this language, of course, but I had that spirit and I had that determination. Like, even how I got into the program was crazy. My mom didn't even know until she got a letter. Because I, I wrote a letter. <laughs> Listen, you got You were some, really insubordinate. Yeah. Did and, you, and did you re- forge her signature? Indeed. I must say, because I'm pretty sure parents had to sign. Yeah, I really did. And I told her, though. 
But how, okay, hey. so were you were you um, located? Because like I wasn't located enough to get a bus. Right. So I was. How were um, you getting there? Or were, did you like a, did you qualify for? A I bus? qualified because of the program. Right. Like they came in. Oh, I get what you're you saying. No, no, like no, transportation yeah. wise. So I think for the first year, I think I drove the bus, but. Um, oh, so you were close enough for a bus. I was close enough for a bus because they kind of had those buses where, like, depending on where you are, mm-hmm. I think I had just you were like, made. Got you. Right. I was yeah. like right on the cusp of it. Because so I was I too far. I was actually zoned for a completely different school. I was actually zoned for Olympia High School. I was zoned for Evans, though. So. <laughs> The only reason, I, technically, without the magnet program, I would have never been able exactly. to even Same. get a bus ride, you know. And so they didn't they even came. try to get me one. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I like did you that. get a taxi or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, so it was that. That was kind of like I started to see the unfolding of faith, mm-hmm. like because every man has a measure of faith, and so it's in you. And how that unfolds can be different. How that is unlocked can be different. But for me. I realized it was these encounters that I would have with people that would expose me to a different part of myself that I wasn't really, I'm not going to say absolutely oblivious of, but maybe I was too afraid to uh, cultivate it or show it to the world. Gotcha. And so I'm still on this bad boy stuff. Like I just want to do whatever uh, girls, girls, or, you know, do what I want. And my birthday came July 31st, 2010. Happy early birthday. Hey, shout out, <laughs> shout out, thank you, because July babies are the greatest. I'm uh, biased, sure. you know. So you're a Leo. I am, okay. indeed. That's Ooh. fair. And you're a Gemini? Yes, just passed, yep. Yes, ooh, Jesus. Um, I was trying to see if you were a Cancer. I was like, ah. Oh, uh, do you like Cancers? Or? I mean, I have a little sister who's a Cancer, so I have to. But, oh, yeah, um, so my brother's a Cancer. Without her, no. My brother's a Cancer, and um, but I have a close well, friend. Well, no, I do have close friends who are, yeah. He's I a Cancer, and he's amazing. Um, he gets on my nerves sometimes, but he he is really an amazing person and an amazing man to God. You know, so shout That's out awesome. to my bro. Yeah, I have friends who are twins. I kind of have to say I like them. Let me stop. Just no, I actually I met them when I went to Doctor Phillips my first year, and we've gotcha. been friends ever since. So gotcha. it's been almost. 12 13 years wow wow yeah. wow that's probably the that's longest a, friendship i've had wow yeah. powerful longevity i love that yeah um so yeah july 31st 2010 was when i think my faith in god changed right okay. and i don't know to make it short i kind of had this spiritual i didn't kind of i had a spiritual encounter an experience like i said i've always grown up in church I was saved, like I believed Jesus in my heart, but I never truly encountered the Lord and or, or whatnot. And so, but I've always, I always used to feel His presence. Like I'm gonna be honest with you. Right. And since we were talking about real talk, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I've always would feel the presence of God. Like even when I would pray, like I would feel the presence of God. And so, I had this whole plan. At the time, I had a friend. We were close because I used to be very popular in middle school. Like I was on a dance team and things like that. Everyone knew who I was, and I was like, "I'm cool, you know. Gotcha. Let's do it." And I was also like a protector, so I always took up for my friends. Gotcha. So I would get into stuff that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I understand now why my personality type is the way it is gotcha. um, for my purpose and stuff. But. Um, I've grown and you know we worked on some things but anywho to get back to the point um, I had an encounter with God and I just kind of went through what I would call like I felt super depressed Mm -hmm. so I went from this person that was very sure of himself to a person that it was almost like I had went back into the womb of my mother and had to start over so I was like stripped Mm. so I was stripped from the popularity I was I was stripped from my own pride I was stripped and I I need I was in need of something right and so very like apologetic I became very like uh, remorseful my heart became tender my heart was so stony and stubborn and I knew that was like God working with me but I didn't I didn't have that language yet. And I knew people were praying for me and stuff like that. You know, they always say someone's praying for you and stuff. And I believe in the prayers of the righteous and whatnot, but that day availeth much. Amen. (laughs) But it got worse. And I thought, honestly, I thought I was like going crazy. Okay. And, um, it feels like that though. Yeah. It felt like, like literally I'm like, I'm being exposed to a world 
that I don't really understand because, you know, we, we are spiritual beings, whether people realize this or not or talk about it. We are spiritual beings having a full humanistic experience. And right. so depending on how aware you are of that is going to determine, you know, how you actually walk that out. And so right. long story short, like I just from there, that was the start of my, I think, relationship with God began. Okay. And so I would say by the time freshman year was like, no one knew me. I was so scared. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, no cap. I would be in the, because Dr. Phillips, you know, was big. Right. Especially, it was popular it was during big, that time. Right, Everybody right. was like trying to get into that school. Yes. And so I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here with all these white kids on my side, at least. Because yeah. it was a whole bunch of black kids, but a whole bunch of white kids, yeah. too. I don't. I know on the freshman campus, I saw nothing but black kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah and most of them wasn't in the magnet. Exactly. You know? And so if you're in a magnet, you're. That's when I saw the white kids. Yeah, that's like your new community. Like, yeah, everybody, like, what's up? And I'm like, nah, that ain't how I talk. But I gotta adopt this talk, <laughs> coat switch and stuff. Like, get out of my face, girl right. or boy. And so, um, I would like sit in the bathroom and skip class, not because like I really wanted to be in school, but yeah. I, I had no social skills. Gotcha. And I've, I, I've always been able to like connect with people yeah. and speak. I've always had confidence, but I was stripped of that. And so it was like I was learning everything over again. Gotcha. And it was it was so weird. It was so spiritual. It was definitely a spiritual experience, um, to say the least. And I think by the time I got to sophomore year, um, like I started putting people in my life and I started to develop in my identity. Yeah, he had right? to prepare you. Yeah, he had to prepare me, right? And so met some great people. I met a teacher that that to this day, I mean we don't really talk like that, but her Im- impact in my life is I think serves as accreditation to who I am today. And gotcha. so it, it was very helpful. And then, you know, I started leading and I started, <laughs> I started, I started, you know, preaching about God, about Jesus and stuff. Wow. And, and I connected with another uh, peer. Um, they, they were on fire for Christ and stuff. And like, we had this like Christian group club and I, I won't say the name of it. Cause I don't even know if that was like, I think that was a, a name of a, a, a group that she liked and that we just kind of replicated it got it okay. so i ain't trying to <laughs> but copyrights <laughs> copyrights to plagiarism <laughs> but no so we did that for a while and so by the time i got to my senior year myself along with the people that i would hang with we were kind of known as like the campus evangelists like mm. we were out there like oh they're gonna awesome. preach about jesus they're gonna we were literally I know some people probably ran from y'all but some people also probably also probably gravitated towards they you did a lot of people yeah. were interestingly intrigued at the fact that they they wanted to test it mm-hmm. and there was i think there and I, I thank god of how he would use me and even the people that were connected to me at that time yeah. like there was a sense of boldness i think in that season i had like a very evangelistic anointing okay. or like move in my life and so i would go to people like the spirit of god will move words of knowledge prophecy like we would like go to people and be like hey you got sickness are you in pain we'll pray for them and see healing like so gotcha. we would actually see i guess the kingdom of god actually being manifested before our wow. eyes and so in that type of culture where a lot of people don't it's not it's not religious yeah. per se um and i'm not a religious guy but i believe in the kingdom of god and with that being said in that type of setting people are like people doing all kind of stuff they believe in witchcraft they doing all kind of stuff so it was kind of like if you're gonna come you better come correct (laughs) because they ain't no telling what they'll do you know or say and yeah so they'll pray over you you'll come out with a horn right and this is gonna be a no for me because i'm like (laughs) (laughs) greater is he in me man than he in this world (laughs) and so i believe that and i also had the fervency to back that up gotcha and so i knew that the spirit of god in heaven was backing me up and so it was really cool i think because of that type of experience that i had automatically though i boxed myself to be this christian leader mm. so i'm like i'm gonna be a pastor and i'm I, now i realize I'm, I'm more than that i'm more than a preacher i'm more than this and i realized that god wants to use me beyond the confines of the church beyond yeah. all that stuff and so um i that's what kind of led me to seu okay. this guy came in that i was like kind of mentoring or discipling we would say um, he was like, oh, you're always preaching. Go to SCU. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But that identity kind of puts you in there. Yeah. It yeah. kind of put me in there. And I honestly, had I had a representation, I knew I needed to go there for a reason. But had someone was leading me, no one was really leading me like that. Outside yeah. my mentor, like she was there to kind of be a voice and help me. But a lot of the stuff I had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And I knew that I had been graced 
to kind of pioneer and kind of knock down the trees on my own. Everyone's not, doesn't have that grace. Some people are privy to have people walk alongside them and kind of give them a blueprint. But I knew for me, at least in that season, and shoot, for a long time, I didn't really have it, you know? And so yeah. I had to learn to figure it out and trust God. And so that's how my faith kind of evolved from one point to the next. And, you know, now we're here. <laughs> and we're still growing. Like, yeah. it's, it's a journey, you know? Yeah. And and I, I always, my heart posture forever will always be, God never let me lose my wonder for you. Right. You know, like I always want to, cause there's more, like we can go from the Bible says, like we can go from glory to glory. We should go from glory to glory to, from faith to faith. And so I think in order to be able to do that, you have to have a, a heart posture of wonder that True. I do know God, but, but I cannot become so familiar, familiar with him that I miss the opportunity to learn something new about him. And that is what helps me connect with people because I think that, you can't say you have faith, rather just faith in what you do, right. or faith, quote unquote, in God, Christian, whatever you want to call yourself, and deny or fail to understand people. Right. Because the more we connect with people, I find that the more opportunities I get to learn and, 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 and understand who God is. Yeah. this up my last thing to you is what's the realest thing somebody's ever said to you stop I mean, judging yourself sheesh how, how did that change See, you? i'm sorry I'm, I'm about to cry that's okay yes oh that really hit me man because oh shoot it's okay Jesus. it's okay um stop judging yourself yeah um and i think connected to that was uh I, I asked a friend i said hey why do you think i'm so hard on myself because he said you don't love yourself enough mm. like like you don't fully love you yeah. because you've learned to be who you're not wow god doesn't require you to be who you're not wow. 